was Ken Brett. Uh, do, you, do you have any awesome? Yeah, do you, awesome. Do you have some he, stories he is, and stuff? He, yeah, you know, he's one of those guys that he just everybody liked him. You know, he, he worked as hard as anybody I've seen in baseball. You know, always taking extra hitting and fielding. You know. And that's what makes superstars. You know, they, they have all the talent, but to, to nurture it and hone it and to, to make it as special as it was, George was an all-around great ball player, great teammate, great leader. Uh, he was just a fun guy to be around. Uh, I'll give you a funny story. In 94, when I was invited back to an old-timers game, they were actually playing KC, and I'm walking in Boston Sheridan, and some guy comes running up yelling out, Hooter, Hooter, and tackles me in the lobby. It was Brett. <laughs> So that's the type of guy he was. <laughs> that's great. So I've read on uh, Baseball Reference Bullpen that you, quote, were in the middle of the infamous Tony Canigliaro versus Carl Yastrzemski feud. What exactly does that mean? Well, you know, there, 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 unfortunately there was, in, there was a, um, a division within the Red Sox back then, not, not from a team standpoint, but from uh, a few players. And, uh, you know, Reggie Smith, myself, and, and we were, and Petroselli and those guys, we were really, really, you know, we, we were really good friends with Yaz. And then Tony had his, his group, too. And the, 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 the feud really wasn't between Tony and Yaz. It was more between Billy and I. And Yaz would speak up for me, and Tony would speak up for his brother. And that's, that's what the feud was about. Huh. And then, so prior to 1972, you were part of a big trade then between Boston and Milwaukee. What were your thoughts on leaving Boston and going to Milwaukee for a fresh start there? Um, personally, I hated to leave Boston, but yet, you know, I was told uh, that I was a throw-in, so I didn't know what that meant until I got there. But I, had, I did get an opportunity to play there, which was... Sorry, my, my, my dogs are going a little crazy. Your dog wants to be on the interview. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he didn't like that last question you asked. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, it was one of those scenarios where I looked forward to it because, you know, I, I, I just thought that, as you said, a new start. You know, maybe I'll get a chance and an opportunity to play. And I did, you know. And, uh, um, you know, I remember Gene Mock was the original manager and, he spent more time getting us in shape than he did in batting practice and hitting and, and, and fielding and all that. I remember that very well. He was a, a fitness fanatic. Uh, I could have probably gone for the uh, triathlon in the Olympics after a spring training with him. But a, a great manager, just you know, hard nose. You know, you're, this is the way you're going to do it, and you do it. And then Dell Crandall came over, and uh, I got a really great chance to play with Dell and and. Uh, and uh, had a fairly decent season until um, I had a collision with Bobby Heiss and got 34 stitches uh, just just above my temple, and uh, really was never the same since. Uh, matter of fact, I remember uh, we came back from Chicago. We were in first place. Uh, I, I can remember that we were playing, and uh, Daryl Porter and I hit two grand slams in the same inning, and wow. we just swept them. And we came back. We were one game in the first place. And then the next series was playing, and I had the collision with Bobby, and uh, uh, that was it. For the that yeah, was it. I just was never the same that year. Did you play with Bobby in Kansas City later? I know he came over here later. Uh, no, I, but he came right after me. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, he came right after me. 
following you around everywhere. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, like I said, if I got a couple of more teams under my belt, and if they invite me back to every old-timers game every year, I'd get a full season in. <laughs> yeah, you'd never be home. So, <laughs> so following 1973, then, you were involved in another big trade, this time the Brewers to the Angels. So what were your thoughts on leaving Milwaukee and going out to the West Coast? Uh, again, you know, I enjoyed my time in Milwaukee. You know, great fans, great people. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I got to be fairly good friends with Bob Euchre. And, and that, was, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was a great town, good baseball town. I, didn't, I wasn't crazy about the weather in the early days. I remember we ended up having one year in Milwaukee to uh, – we had a huge snowstorm, and we had to go work up at um, University of Wisconsin to work out. But uh, that trade – that trade was an interesting trade. I, was, uh, I didn't really want to leave Milwaukee because I knew I could perform there, and I knew if I got given the opportunity I, to stay there, I think, I, you know, I, I think we could have continued to win. We had a pretty good team. We, it it just, uh, just never gelled. But when I went to California, I was thankful for the warm weather and uh, didn't know what to expect. Um, they had a young manager by the name of Bobby Winkles who was, if you remember, he was the, the coach and manager of the um, – uh, Arizona State, right. very fair guy, great baseball mind. You know, obviously, first year in the majors is tough not only for a player but equally as tough, if not more, for a manager. But he gave me the opportunity to play, and I was actually having my best year I've had uh, in the major leagues, playing every day. Uh, I remember in August I was batting about three nineteen, about four points below Rod Carew, who was leading leading the league. Uh, I led the league in on on, on uh, base percentage. Um, I was third or fourth in the league in slugging percentage, so I was I, I found my own there. And uh, unfortunately, they got rid of Bobby Winkles, and they uh, they brought in Dick Williams. And um, I went from a full-time player for the last month and a half of the season to a tar- part-time player again, and just uh, and the rest is history. I, I dropped down to like 270 from 319 in a period of two and a half months, pinch hitting, you know, going in in the late innings. And, you know, and I questioned him about it, and he just said, look, I run the field. He said, and, and if you want to know the answer, the answer is very simple. I know what you can do. I want to see what all these young kids can do. This team's not winning, and i got to find a way to win. Couldn't blame him for that, but at the same time, I blame him for the fact that, you know, I had an opportunity to really, you know, set myself, not only financially, but to – show that I can play in the big leagues and I can hit, you know, with power and, and with, uh, with an average. And so that was kind of, you know, that was, uh, that was the end of that, you know, once Dick Williams came. Huh. Wow. So then yeah. the middle of 1976, then the Rangers purchased you, um, I suppose by then you were getting used to moving around, right? Oh yeah. I never unpacked my bags. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like with the Rangers? You had uh, what? 89 at bats with them. Yeah, and... it was terrible. Yeah. Uh... Was that? It was just absolutely. It was probably the, my worst stop in Major League Baseball. Uh, Frank Luchesi was the manager, and I, I don't even think he was. I don't think he had anything to do with even bringing me over there. I don't think he wanted me there. Uh, he kind of made that known, you know. Uh, but they had great guys with Toby Hara, and and, uh, and um, at that time, I'm trying to think of some of the other players. You know the. Uh, Thunberg, the kid behind the plate, yep. um, and uh, they had, they had a nice little team too. But you know, again, it was a it was a tough franchise. Uh, I remember Brad Corbett owned it, and you know the, he wasn't spending money. And 
it just wasn't fun there. I mean, I, you, you know, you can go someplace and you know you're just not welcomed or you're not, you really weren't wanted. Right. And, uh, and Williams was the one who made sure I got, they got rid of, that the Angels got rid of me. So, because I remember Harry Dalton was the GM. I went to him. He said, Joe, I got nothing to do with this one. So, Jeez. so that was that. And uh, what they did to me, they tried to blackball me out of baseball the next year into spring training. And uh, they kept me, kept me to the last day of spring training. Um, never used me. I didn't do anything through the whole spring training. And uh, the last day of spring training, they released me. Yeah, well, before we talk about that, coming to KC, one guy I wanted to ask you about, do you, I mean, you're only there for a short amount of time, but do you remember right. anything about uh, Nelson Bryles at all, another former Oh, Royal? Nelly was great. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Nelly, Nelson Bryles is just, he's a hoot. He is so much fun, a great guy to play with, a, a fierce competitor out there. He was great. Yeah, he was just a, yeah, uh, I forgot all about him. He, he, was, he was a great guy, uh, great teammate, Yeah, great well, he, pitcher. He passed on recently, so I wanted to make sure he... Oh, I didn't even know him. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, so then, like you said, you got released... I wonder why it was so late in March, then, when I look back. So then, yeah. the Royals picked you up. So what made you choose KC, and then what do you remember about when you first signed with the Royals? Well, honestly, uh, I had a... At that time, I had an agent, Joe Garagiola Jr. Oh, yeah. And uh, he says, Joe, he said, you know, I'll work with you. And he says, you know, whatever I can do for you, I'll just take 10% of it. And I said, fine. So when I got, when he reached out to the Royals, you know, and Whitey, Whitey Herzog had me in, in Anaheim when he was the third base coach with the Angels. And Whitey knew what I could do. I mean, he'd seen me play when I was playing. And so he said, yeah, we'd love to have him. And, he said, we, you know, and, and uh, so I said to Gary Joe, I said, well, how much did you get me? Well, he got me $10,000 less than I was making the year before, so I said to him, okay, it looks like you owe me a thousand bucks. So, so that's, that's how that went, but Joe was a great guy. Um, uh, I became really good friends with John Schurholtz, who at that time was the minor league director. Uh, they sent me to Omaha, started off dismal, 125, I, 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 you know, with no spring training under my belt, and I was thrown right into games. And then all of a sudden, I started getting everything together, and I ended up there Oh, God, I don't know how many games, but I was batting 368. I already had 16 home runs. You know, Hurdle and I were just killing the ball down there. And um, I got a call. John says, hey, they want you to come up. I want you to pack and get ready. It was 11 o'clock at night. Uh, it was right after the All-Star game um, that I participated in. And uh, they want you up there for the stretch. And I said, awesome. And I drove all night, got there, and... That's a, another story developed there. I, I got about an hour's sleep. Walk into the clubhouse. Whitey says, welcome back, and blah, 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 blah. He says, by the way, you're batting third today. I said, that's great. Who's pitching? He goes, no one, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, Whitey. Uh, so it was uh, – I, I loved Kansas City. Let me tell you something. Uh, people can say anything about who are the best fans and everything else. The, the, the only difference is they don't show the emotion like some of the Northeast teams do. But you know that they're there. They know the game. Uh, great team. I mean, I, out of all the teams I played on, you know, with Brad and Mayberry and Amos Otis and Frank White and McCray and, you know, uh, Johnny behind the plate and, you know, and, and Splitorf and Leonard. And, you know, I mean, that team, Bird, who just had an unbelievable year that year, it was just – and, you know, it, that, that was – that was a great team for many reasons. 
you know, you had a superstar who never acted like a superstar in Brat. So he made everybody feel that everybody was the same. Uh, he acted the same. He did the same things, and he led by example. But never, you know, never considered himself a superstar, which he was. Uh, and that was that was just a great team. I mean, that was just a lot of fun to play there. And with Whitey being the manager, you know, to me, he's one of the best baseball minds and one of the best managers because he knows how to handle his players. Yeah, totally. Well, what was it like playing against the Royals all those years as an opposing player? Um, you know, I you know I don't ever really remember the teams I play against unless I have somebody friends over there. I think my you know for me playing against the Red Sox because it was the first team I came up with. Um, I think that was that was more for me a you know hey well I'm going to show you guys kind of scenario you know. But uh, I, I never, you know, playing, playing the Royals, you know, you, 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 knew, you knew when you went in there it was going to be tough because you know in the midsummer there, I mean, we used to put the aluminum foil in our shoes because the turf would get so hot. It could be 90 degrees, but it's 110 on the field. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember getting uh, actual heat blisters on the bottom of my feet my first year. And then I think it was McRae showed me that trick about putting aluminum foil in your baseball shoes. Huh. And, uh it, it's a t- it's a it's a it was a tough place to go play. Now I went when I first started. You were, they were playing in the old field, the old Kansas City field, which was uh, which was beautiful. I mean that that I love that ballpark. The grass was just as green as and everything else. When when they built the new stadium, it was a, a lot tougher. Huh. What? Uh, well, you mentioned Omaha there briefly. So you finished it in three seventeen. You had nineteen home runs. You had sixty nine RBIs and. Not, yep. not that many games. You had an OPS of 1.018, so you were crushing the ball there. What are your favorite memories of Omaha and Rosenblatt Stadium? Uh, I, I, to, to me, I mean, I think they would support a major league team. That's me personally. Um, the fans were there. I mean, they always came out. Uh, they were always – it's a great ballpark to play, and obviously I, I still, I think they still hold the College World Series, don't they? Right, New Park, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's just a beautiful ballpark. Uh, it was a great league to play in because we're – you know, it was um, – it wasn't crazy travel. It was, it was good travel, uh, and so it was. It was fun to be at. It was fun. You know what it was? It was just great playing every day. That's all I ever wanted to do. <laughs> I could have. I would have stayed in Omaha the rest of my career. I could care less. <laughs> money wasn't what I. You know, look, everybody wants to make money for what they do, but if you're not doing it and you're making money, it's not as nearly as fun. And all I wanted to do is I wanted to play ball. I just loved to play. I loved the competition. I loved to be out there every day. And that's all I ever wanted to do. And unfortunately, I got it for a while, and it was taken away. And then I got it back when I went to Omaha, and then I got it taken away. You know, I, I played a lot in Louisville, did well there. And, and that's the thing. Given over a long period of time, I've proven that, you know, I'm a 300 hitter or better. But I never really got that true opportunity unless it was in the minor leagues. And every time I played every day, you know, I mean, Louisville and in, in, uh, Omaha will attest that uh, that's what a bad average was. Well, you mentioned not playing every day. So your fourth game in KC, you delivered a pinch hit, game-winning hit. Then you had a, a game with two solo home runs against Oakland in the first game of the doubleheader with Kansas City. But I'm betting your favorite memories of 77 are probably playing in the ALCS, right? Well, my favorite memories and also my saddest ones because I really, I really, really could, believe, I could taste going to the World Series. And, and not just for me, the whole team. And that, that team deserved it. They deserved it a lot more than the Yankees did. They really, really, really did. And, you know, I can remember sitting there, and I think it was 3-2 to two if my mind, you know, uh, serves me right. And 
you know, a couple of broken bat base hits, you know, and they got, I mean, and the way they won the game is it was more like uh, the ball had a CNI dog finding, finding it. You know, if somebody gets up there and you walk somebody and they, and they, they hit a two or three run home run, well, so be it. That, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. But, you know, these were all really, which I call cheap hits. And, you know, broken bats, cracked bats, a little dribbler here, a little dribbler there. And then when we lost that game, um, that was probably the biggest down point in my career. Not even getting released or, or whatever. It was just this that – was, that was really, really a downer. I mean, not just for me. It was not only just for the, the guys. I mean, the fans, the owners, the broadcasters. I mean, everybody wanted to see this team go to the World Series. And uh, and I think we would have fared very well there, but it wasn't meant to be. But uh, those memories they they'll stick with me forever. Uh, and I really like when Mr. Kaufman sent us these beautiful glasses uh, commemorating the the W the Western Division Championship. And then two months later, I got a bill for him. <laughs> nice. That sounds that sounds like where I work now. <laughs> That's now. Have you ever been able to go back? Because some guys will say it's too painful. Have you ever been able to go back and watch that again? Uh, watch the games again? Yeah, from '77. Uh, no, I could watch them all day long. I mean, you know, I can tell you, baseball is in my blood. I mean, I still love it. I still watch it. I, I still help kids out when a father or somebody asks me. You know, not that I, I said why you would want a two thirty five hitter helping your kid <laughs> on me, but. Um, uh, you know, I just enjoy the game. I enjoy every part of it. I, you know, I, I just, it's just special. Baseball is just a special, special game. Well, in the ALCS, one more question about that. So you had three plate appearances. You had two walks, and you scored a run. Can you still yeah. remember those three at bats pretty well? Those three oh, yeah. appearances. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I remember the the, I remember the one out. I hit a line shot with a man on second, right at uh, right at the first baseman. Uh, and was off of Martinez, and. Uh, uh, you know, I hit, I hit the ball hard those two times. Uh, you know, uh, they were careful with me because I've always had great success against the Yankees. But it's um, you don't forget those kinds of things. You know, because you know a base hit here or there, we would that would have been we would been in the World Series and not there. And without them getting those, like I said, those cheap hits, we would still be there. But you can't, you just can't overemphasize the emotion, the anxiety, the excitement of playing in playoff baseball. It's like nothing else. And I, I always said to my kids, man, if I could always ha- just have you guys and my friends and anybody else just one time to be in part of a playoff team and be there, even whether you're on the field or you're on the bench or you're ready to go up and pinch hit or whatever it may be, the excitement and the, and the desire to do well is just it's, it peaks to an extent where I have no idea where it comes from, but everybody rises to the occasion. It was just awesome. Well, maybe we deserve that call in 85 then. We had some bad breaks earlier, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, we did. As soon as I left, they went to the World Series. And boy, right. just my luck. Right. Well, you came back in 78 then to spring training, and you made the club. Uh, but before we talk about that, uh, what do you remember about the old spring training complex in Fort Myers? Was it nice? Not nice? No, it was nice. You know, that's when they had the, the Kansas City Baseball Academy. Right. It, was, it was nice. I mean, you know, it was, again... It was outdated, you know, but it, it wasn't the fields. The fields were in good shape and everything else. I think the conditions that we had to live in around there were a little bit different, you know, and I never did get the opportunity to, you know, to go to the new facility, obviously. 
but it was fine with me. I mean, you know, listen, you think the Red Sox facility back then in Winter Haven was any different or uh, the facility that uh, Texas had in Pompano? Um, I actually loved the – I actually liked the Arizona uh, setup when I was in Milwaukee uh, best of all because uh, there was so much going on right around there and places to live and your, for your family and everything else. Uh, and, the, and all the ball fields out there are just awesome. I mean, they're, they're, they're all top-end, triple-A to triple-A ballparks. So, but, um, yeah, the Kansas City Academy was, was, was fine, but it was set up like an academy. You know, it wasn't set up like uh, for a major league team, but it, that's where we were, and you made the best of it. So you opened 78 with the team. You got just one start, though. You were pretty much, like you've been saying, just a pinch hitter more than ever. The team released you June 2nd. How tough was that day? tough because it was my decision oh really uh, well, yeah whitey came to me and uh well whitey didn't even come to me because whitey and i were really good friends and i knew it would be really hard for him so he had charlie charlie Lau came to me and, and I, I respected charlie so much and he said look says we got back off the dl and uh you know can you would you uh say you have an injury and we'll put you on the, the you know the unrestricted list and put you on on the dl i says no you know, it's towards the end of the season. I said, I said, I'm not going to do that. So if I go on a DL and people think I'm hurt, what chance am I going to get to get picked up if you guys turn around and decide to release me? He says, well, you know, Whitey just wanted me to do that. I said, look, why don't you guys just release me now and see if, uh, if I can get, at least get picked up for the end of the year or to make some, start making some headway for the following year. And a couple of days went by, and, and, uh, and, uh, Whitey came to me. He said, "Look, you know, I, I heard, I know about the conversation, and everything. I respect your decision." He says, "Well, then, why don't we just give you your outright release and then see if you can be picked up?" I said, "That's fine." Hmm. And that was my decision. And then I had, I had an offer from Seattle. I had an offer from Oakland. I had about four or five offers, but they wanted me to go back to the minor leagues in the Pacific Coast League until next season. You know, and I said, "Look," to myself. You know, I looked around. I'm 33 years old. I'm never going to be a full-time player. I'm never going to make the kind of money that I'm going to be retiring. So why not just start my new career now? And I walked away from the game. Was that hard? Yes. The hardest thing, the hardest thing I've ever done, other than uh, watching my two boys get born, <laughs> that was probably the hardest <laughs> thing I, uh, I ever had to do in life. It was just, uh, you know, me personally in life. Um, you know, seeing my mom and dad pass away is hard too. But, but for me personally, and what I had, I had to make that decision, and when it was going to be on my terms and nobody else's. And you know, and I, I know right now I could have, I, you know, I, I could have gone to the Pacific Coast League, and I would have done well there, and I would have gotten picked up. I would have made another major league team next year. Now I'm 34. You know, you know, where am I going? So I played when I'm 34, 35, 36. Never going to make the kind of money that I can retire on. So I just made that decision to, you know, and it was a hard decision to walk away from something that you love to do, walk away from something that's been in your blood your whole life, walk away from something you've been doing for 20-some-odd years. It's hard to do, and uh, but it was the right thing to do. And I started my new career, and I don't look back anymore. I don't regret a thing. The only thing I regret that I didn't get the chance to play more and more with the team every day. That's, uh, but there's such a pressure to win out there right now uh, and back then. Because all the teams, you know, it was, they're, they're, they spent so much money, uh, even though the salaries are not what they are today. Uh, there, was a pre- there, was always, there was always the pressure to win. I mean, that's what sports teams.
come out to see a winning team. And uh, a lot of people get the chance, and a lot of people don't get the chance. And when you're on a strong team that can carry a guy like me until he gets going, that's the best scenario. But when you're on a team that's losing, and when I was with the Red Sox, we were losing. But if it was a winning team, I mean, you look at some of the players that they carry, the Red Sox carry through the last de- decade, yeah. that their numbers are no better than mine, but they had the opportunity to play all the time because the, their, their, the, the surrounding team around them supported them. And then they start get go- they, then they start to get going, you know. I mean, so it's, it's the game is just different today. Uh, the game is just a much, much different game. And uh, I'm not saying better or for worse. It's just a different game. Ownerships are different. Uh, uh, ballparks are different. Everything is different today. You can't compete. And when people say, well, how do you compare so-and-so to so-and-so? You can't. Yeah. You just can't. What would Mickey Mantle do today? What would Willie Mays do today? Dave what would Sam Usual yeah. do today? Who knows? Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. So a few more questions about the Royals here. So what are sure. your favorite memories of Kansas City as a city? Did you ever get to get out and venture around much around the town? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always got confused because there's, there's Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> so I went home to Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas one time, thinking that's where I live. <laughs> but, uh, no, I loved that. You know, we, we, we stayed out in Blue Springs, I think it was. Uh-huh. Loved it on that little lake there. It was great. You know, all our off days, we would, you know, I mean, I would venture. I went to Lake of the Ozarks, you know, the whole area, the whole Kansas City area. And, and I, ironically, I was back about four months ago on business, and it's just, I can't believe how it's grown. It's changed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really, really has. I mean, it's, it's becoming a metropolitan area. It's just awesome. But uh, it was fun. People were, you know what it is? People make cities. People make everything. And the people out there are just so, just so down to earth. You know, when they... They say the heartland of America, well, it goes right through Kansas City. Yeah. What did, what, so was Whitey your favorite or one of your favorites to play for then, I'm assuming? Oh, God, no doubt about it. And Bobby Winkles. Bobby Winkles was probably, uh, you talk about a guy getting a raw deal, uh, and I can give you the circumstances on it, but I'd be talking about a guy who's a Hall of Famer, and I don't want to do that. Um, but Bobby Winkles was great. You know, and, you know what? It's easy for me to say it because he let me play. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, so, you know, when, when you're playing, you know, you're happy. You know, when you're not playing, unless you feel that your role should be a part-time player and you accept that. Well, I did it, but I never accepted it. I wanted to play. I just wanted to play every day. And, uh, and you know, Whitey gave me that opportunity. Whitey was very supportive. Uh, but, again, uh, you know, Kansas City was right down the verge of winning all those years. And, uh, and, uh, and, and that's where the pressure comes from, not only from upstairs, but from the managers, too. So, but overall, like I said, Kansas City was probably one of my nicest experiences. I mean, how can you complain when you're in the playoffs? You know, it, I was in the playoffs for two years. I mean, how can you complain? Yeah. Do you, so, uh, I mean, do you still keep in touch with any of your old uh, Royals teammates at all these days? Uh, you know, not really. You know, the unfortunate part about sports is you make a lot of acquaintances, but very, very few friends. And, uh, you know, everybody goes their different way, you know, and after a year or two, you stay in touch. And, you know, I go back to a lot of the alumni baseball tournaments and see some of the guys, you know. Uh, I try and play in as many of those as I can, uh, those, those great charity events. Um, but you just, it, you just start to lose connection. And as you get older, you start forgetting, too. <laughs> so yeah. I'm in between my, uh, my forgetting and uh, just losing contact right now. But it's... Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's, but, we, you know, the amazing part about you go to these alumni events 
and guys you haven't seen for years. It's like you saw them yesterday. I mean, it's a fraternity that, that a fraternity that's never going to die. It's a fraternity that, you know, if you look at all the Major League Baseball players in the world for all those years, it's really not a lot. And uh, it's a, it's just a special thing, and, and, and you know, it's a, it's a special opportunity and a special God-given, you know, I'm not going to say right, but a God-given opportunity that uh, you should cherish. You know, you should really cherish it because you've done something that many, not many people have been able to do in life. Well, I wanted to ask you about four of your old Royals teammates who have passed on, just your favorite memories of them and such. Um, Daryl Porter? Yeah, Daryl was just a great guy. You know, I played with him. You know, I played with Daryl in, in, in uh, Milwaukee, too. He was just a great guy. I, you know, Daryl was, you know, he's easygoing, kept to himself, relatively quiet. Uh, it, it's sad. I, 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 when I actually saw that, uh, that when he passed away, that, that kind of hit home because, you know, Daryl was just a little bit younger than me and, and, you know, just a strong big kid as a catcher. And to see that was uh, disheartening for sure. Any favorite Al Cowan's memories? Oh, God, crazy Al. <laughs> uh, uh, I, my, my most, the favorite memory was we were we were in Kansas City and he had the, no we were yeah we were in Kansas City and he had the sun and I don't know if he was in left field or right field and I know and he lost the ball in the sun the ball knocked his cap off <laughs> <laughs> and he came he come walking into the dugout and he said did you see that and we all looked at him we said yeah well obviously you didn't <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Uh, how about Steve Mingori? He, Steve was crazy. I tell you, he was he was he was just a fun fun guy. Uh, you know, he always had, he always had a smile on his face. Uh, always a fun guy to go out with. You know, you wouldn't know what he would say or do, and that was always that was always fun. But boy, when he got on the mound, that little left-hander with that screwball, I'll tell you right now, he was all business. And obviously, he had some great years with the Royals, and he had some great years in baseball. Just a fun, all-around great guy. And last is Paul Splodorf. Paul was, uh, I always called Paul the teacher. You know, he, he reminded me of somebody who would be standing up in front of a class, uh, 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 go, going through his, uh, uh, being a teacher of a class or a professor at a college. That's, that's how I always envisioned him. He was always <laughs> reading, very astute, very smart kid, by the way. And, uh, and, he, and he brought that same that same personality to the mound. I mean, he he was he, he, he was like textbook out there when he was pitching. I mean, his form, his delivery, his attitude, and everything else. Nothing rattled him. Uh, and he was a fierce competitor. But the professor is the professor. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you a lot for all your time. You've been uh, very very generous. But before we let you go, in closing, what would you like to say to uh, Royals fans listening right now? Uh, my biggest thing is just keep keep pushing, keep supporting them. You got a great team, you got a great owner, and it's a great place to play baseball, and it's also a great place to live. Uh, and I thank all the fans uh, who have remembered and remembers back in those days in the '70s when, you know, you had all these championship teams, and uh, you'll get it back soon. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks so much for all your time, and definitely stay in touch. And uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye.